Hi. Hi. Hi, what a great pick. <laughs> okay, um, well, I, well, I like get settled here. Shall, shall we all, the, you know, do the usual? That's, like, we are a smaller group today. Okay, a lot of people are at uh, Burning Hearts. So, um, it would be really nice if you sit closer, boys. What's this, like, brethren? It, oh my gosh, seriously, it's like boys and girls. Okay, guys, um, okay. <laughs> Alright, uh, shall, shall, we, shall we stand up, okay? And then, while you are, like, greeting people, just, like, move, front a bit. Jew, sit here. Nice shirt. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, come, stand up, stand up, stand up, okay? Say hi to people. And meanwhile, move forward, Okay. You may venture across the gender divide. <laughs> Boys, come on. Come on, guys. Go say hi to the girls. What is this? Are we back in the, like, ninth? I don't know what. Come, come on, come on. Links and Sean at the back, please. <laughs> yes, please sit forward. You guys are really quite funny. <laughs> guys and girls. Okay. Okay. Um, before, before I start, uh, let's uh, look at the verse for this week. Wow! It's created by very talented members of the media ministry. Okay. Is it nice? Is it nice? Yeah, it's really nice. Okay, so this is um, our, our verse for this week, okay? Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. This is one of my favorite verses, okay? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future, all right? Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be preaching today, so I'm just going to start, okay? Uh, can, we, can, can, can we have my slides? I will attempt to use this thing. Okay, are, are you ready? We're like small crowd today, right? But, but it doesn't matter, okay? Okay, okay, so today, um, today I'm going to talk to you about, uh, um, well, my message is called Like a Boss, okay? Clearly, you all sound very excited about it. Okay, now, um, um, you know we're, we're a small group today, okay? But 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 uh, which means I can see all every single one of you like at one point of time, right? Like a teacher. Oh, bam. Okay. Um. So 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 let's let's get some audience participation, okay? And uh uh you you know you know the you you know the meme, right? Right. Okay. So so every time I every 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 time like when I'm speaking and I do this. You almost shout like a boss, okay? Okay, okay? And you must say it like a boss, okay? So let's try. Together, come on, together, okay? Okay, let's try again. 
Great. Okay. Very good. Okay. So, so, um, so, so, you know, this week I, I was like preparing for this message, right? So, so uh, there was one night I was like downstairs and I'm like, I'm like preparing for the message. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to preach this message. Like, like you know, I'm going to call it like a boss, okay? And then, and, and then so, so I'm like preparing and all that. And then, and then I go upstairs into my room and, and, and this is what I see, okay? Like my daughter sleeping on my bed with her foot on my pillow. Like a boss, okay? So, uh, yeah, my girls are quite boss. I have two girls. Uh, this one is, is almost two. And um, uh, my baby inside is, is uh, uh, two months old, and she just puked on me before I came out to preach. So also very boss, right? <laughs> okay, so most of you know uh, I'm, I'm a secondary school teacher, and obviously I, I serve in Lao Gen, and, and so I work with a lot of young people, like teenagers and you guys, okay? And, and I love working with young people. Okay, why? Because I think, I think you're just really funny. Like you sit like guys and girls unknowingly. Or, or like, um, you know, the other day I was changing my baby's diaper, right? I'm like cleaning her backside. And Matthew walks into the room and starts singing G-L-A-M-O-R-O-U. Like what? Seriously, right? Okay, love that guy. So, or, or like, you know, once, once Rachel, Rachel Lim, she, she called me the youth pastoress. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing that anybody has ever called me. So everybody, please call me pastoress from now on. Thank you very much, okay? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, find, I, find it very excite- I find it very exciting to be involved in, in young people's lives because I just feel like you guys have so much ahead of you. You have so much to look forward to. You have so much um, potential. And, 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 you know, it's just cool to see young people grow uh, have you ever seen the, like, the first photo of Ryan Sim on Facebook? Have you seen it? Yeah. No, it's not up here. Right? I, oh, I should have found it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, to see people transform from like, like, small boy to like, worship leader or like, young punk to you know, bassist, like Royston Sim, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, 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 and I think that God has so much in store for each and every one of you, which is, which is why... Um, yeah, which is why I chose this verse, this very nice verse, right? Um, <laughs> that, that, you know, I really believe that God has plans to give you hope and a future. And, and I really, really believe this. And that's why I, I, I devote a lot of my time to, to serving in the youth ministry. And, and that's why I am a teacher. You know, this, this, yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Sira. Okay. You know, my, my daughter Gemma is now at the age where she, she keeps asking me why questions. Okay? Like, why do you paint your nails, mommy? Okay? Mommy, why are you a teacher? So this week she's been asking me, mommy, why are you a teacher? And so I tell her, because I want to shape young lives and mold the future of our nation. <laughs> and I, I'm sure she uh, understands that. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but yeah, it's true. I, I love being able to kind of just play a part in, um, in young people's lives. And, and because I really believe that that, that uh, you, we, uh, we, we are the future, you know, that I really believe the young people are the future. And, and, and that's why I get really upset when I hear about um, some of the things that young people go through. I know that many, pe- many young people all over the world, um, Singapore included, uh, in my school, people I know, uh, they struggle with depression, they struggle with cutting themselves, they struggle with suicidal thoughts, they, they feel that they are too fat, too short, too stupid, too lousy, and, and I get really upset. In fact, I get really angry because I feel that young people, well, 
old people as well, shouldn't have to feel this way. Nobody should feel this way. No one should feel so lousy or desperate about themselves or about their lives that, that they feel a need to, to hurt themselves or think that they should kill themselves. Because, why? Because very simple, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. And, and you know, that's, that's the first thing we tell people when we preach the gospel. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. It's, you know, if you, if you know there's four spiritual laws, that's like the first spiritual law. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But the sad thing is that many, many young people, many young people today, um, struggle with thoughts like this. They, they struggle with image, um, identity, self-esteem issues. And, and, and I'm not just talking about like in our schools, in, in you know, my students, um, even in our church, right? Many young people struggle with um, wanting to kill themselves. They feel that life is meaningless, etc. that kind of thing. And, and so today, I, I, when I was asking God, what, what should I share about? I, I really want to share with you some simple truths from a simple story. You know, I believe that the most powerful truths are often the most simple. Like, Jesus loves you, right? I mean, it, it's so simple. Even Gemma, she's, she's, she's not even two years old, but she, she can sing the song and she'll go up to her baby sister and go, yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you. Like, like you know, she, she, she just does that like on repeat. And uh, I know she needs to work on her melody a little bit, but, but even Gemma can say that. Right? Even, even she knows that, that the song and all that. And, and actually, if you think about it, Jesus loves you. Right? How powerful and awesome and life-changing is that simple fact that God loves you. Right? It's a very simple fact, um, um, but it's, it's life-changing if you really understand it. And so today, it's going to be um, simple truths, okay? simple story, but, but I hope it speaks to you. Because the sooner you start really applying these truths in your lives, the easier time you will have dealing with all this stuff that life throws at you. The sooner you start applying these simple truths in your lives, you all young people, the sooner you start, the easier time you'll have dealing with life. You know, if you can apply these simple truths from a young age, I promise you, you'll have a much easier time in life. That's my experience anyway. You know, I know a lot of you grew up in church or in Sunday school, cool club. So you will be very familiar with the story of David and Goliath, right? There's a song about it. Have you heard it? Only a boy called David. Yeah, clearly wrong generation. Okay. Um, there's a VeggieTales episode on it. Have you seen it? It's called Dave and the Giant Pickle. Have you seen it? Yeah, okay. So there's, there's VeggieTales. And this story is um, Gemma's favorite, one of her favorite stories. She's, you know, there's a, time, there's a point in time where she made us read her the story, the, the kids' Bible version, like, every night, a few times. Okay, so, you know, between John and I, I think we've read the story, like, at least 50 times. And actually, it's, it's one of my favorite stories as well, okay? Because it's so, it's so boss. Like, I, I was thinking of how to describe it, but it's so boss, you know? Then David in this story is truly a boss. He's truly like a boss, okay? Actually, if you think about it, right, the Bible is full of stories of people like a boss. Especially, you know who's the most boss? Jesus, duh, right? You know, sometimes I read the Bible and, and I just want to write like swag next to it, all right? Because it's so, like really, if you read the Gospels, Jesus is really like like a boss, right? You know, for example, there's this, there's, there's, there's this episode where um, uh, the disciples, they, they sail on, on the boat and and, and Jesus, for some reason, doesn't go with them, so he's left behind. So he's like, he's left behind on shore, right? The boat's already there, and he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just walk on the water and join them. Like a boss, right? Okay, okay. but back to um, David and Goliath. Okay? You know, it's one thing to know the story, 
but it's another to really apply um, the truth in your life. And, and today, I believe that, that God has a word for us about facing the Goliaths in our lives. Okay, so, so, so don't switch off, please, just because you've heard this story like 50 times, okay? Um, I really pray that um, God will give you a new revelation today about facing um, difficulties, facing like the, the crap in your life like a boss, okay? So, so I pray that God will give you a revelation today. Okay, so let's, let's pray and then we'll, we'll get into your word, get into the word, okay? Father, we, we thank you for your word and we, we thank you just for you, Lord, because God, you are awesome and you are powerful and, and you love us. And so, Father, today as we, as we look at your word, I pray that, Father, you will open our eyes, you will open our hearts to, to really hear from you, Lord, to really hear from the Holy Spirit, that, God, it will not just be a story, it will not just be a cliche, it will not just be um, something that we, we, we hear so many times and, and yet we don't apply in our lives, Lord. I pray that, Father, today you will speak to us, Holy Spirit, you will convict us about um, things in our lives, about our attitudes, about our, our, our behavior, about what we need to do just to please you more, Lord. So, Father, I just commit the time with your hands. Be with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, um, can you take out your Bibles now? Okay, and turn to 2 Samuel 17. If your Bible has pages, it's better than, you know, iPod and iPhone. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, so we're going to go to 2 Samuel 17. Sorry, 1 Samuel 17, sorry. 1 Samuel 17, okay? This is the story of David and Goliath. And we're just going to do, um, I'm just going to read through it. Okay, I know, it's, I know it's very long, but I read quite fast. So we will read through it, okay? We'll start at verse 4. Okay, so basically the Philistines and the Israelites, they are, they are fighting against each other, okay? Okay, are you there? Okay, we'll start at verse 4, okay? So this is Goliath. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. Okay, that's about three meters. Okay, the Bible says that's about three meters. So if you think about it, you know, even the NBA players, and the most, they're like 2.2, 2.3 meters, if I'm not wrong. Okay, so this guy is three meters tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. 5,000 shekels is about 57 kg. So his armor alone weighed more than me. Yes, I am lighter than 57 kg, okay? Okay, so he, he, he wore his heavy armor um, on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield barrel went ahead of him. So summary, he was a really huge and scary guy, right? Goliath, we all know that, okay? Okay, um, verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do, you not, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Okay, then let's skip to, okay, then, then there's this, there's, this is a little bit about David, okay, but let's skip to verse 14. Okay, David was the youngest. 
youngest son of Jesse. Um, the three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And look at verse 16. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now for 40 days, the Israelites were just taunted by Goliath. Okay, they couldn't do anything. They didn't do anything. They just remained there in their fear. Right? Can you imagine 40 days? This is more than a month. Right? Goliath, every day he'll come out and, like, and insult them and, and make fun of them. And they would just sit there and be scared. Okay? Including, the, including the king, Saul. Okay, then enter David. Okay, let's jump to um, verse 23. Okay, so basically David came. Uh, he was bringing food to his brothers. He came. Okay, verse 23. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now, the Israelites have been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt, him, uh, exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. David asked the man standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Okay? So, let's jump, jump again to verse 32. Basically, David says, okay, I'll do it, right? He says, I'm going to fight this guy. Um, verse 32, he says to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy and he has been, fight he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth like a boss. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it like a boss. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, so he took them off. Okay, and then basically, okay, so he took these stones and, and, and uh, instead of the armor. Okay, and then let's, let's go to verse 43. Um, so, so David goes up to Goliath and Goliath says to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Okay, and this, this, is, this is David, okay? Now, David's response to Goliath is truly, really like a boss, okay? This is his response. He says, You come before me, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will...
substance. In fact, he was like trash talking Goliath. He was like, hey, I'm gonna cut your head and feed it to the birds of the air. Right? He wasn't even scared. He was like, hey, you know, you, you defy God, you, you just watch out, right? He, he went up there and he was like trash talking Goliath. He said, I'm gonna cut off your head, feed your armies, dead bodies to the animals, you're all gonna die. He, was, he just went up there like a boss, right? And then if you look at, okay, so, 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 so then, you know, he throws a stone and, and Goliath dies. Okay, so verse 50, so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword, drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. So basically, the Israelites won, right? Now, I'm pretty sure that um, none of us would ever have to deal with a three-meter-tall giant wanting to kill us someday. I hope not, anyway. But I'm sure that all of us, we have our own Goliaths in our lives, right? Something that we are scared of, something, something that we're worried about, something that um, we're stressed about, something that we dread, or just something that bugs us, makes us miserable, some issue um, um, or some situation that we, that we just feel that we cannot overcome. You know, it could be exams or like a particular subject that's really just always giving you grief, <clears throat> Matt. Or a horrible like teacher or a senior, you know, some problem with your friends or your parents or just relationship problems like everybody in general. And, and today I want you to think about this. What is our response in the face of our Goliaths? Okay, what is our response? And I think there are three reasons why David won the battle that day. Why he was able to act so boss that day. I think there are three reasons, okay? Three things that we can learn from this story. So, if you are taking notes, here's the first reason, and I hope you are taking notes because that makes you more holy, <clears throat> like Heidi. I'm just kidding. Okay, so this is the first reason that I think David managed to win the battle, okay? David knew and he understood the truth. Like, he really knew and he really understood the truth. David had the right perspective, Okay, when he saw Goliath. Now that's what set him apart from the rest of the army. Everyone else was in great fear. They were terrified. They kept running away. Right? Verse 11, if you look at verse 11, it says, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Even the king, the king Saul, was scared. The Israelites at this point had lost sight of God. In fact, if you know, if you know um, a bit about the backstory, the reason why Saul became king Right, of Israel in the first place. It was because the Israelites wanted a human king. Okay, they felt that God was not enough. They said to Samuel, no, 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 we want a human king. Okay? But now, this human king that Israel wanted was helpless, just like the rest of them, and couldn't save them. You know, before this, actually, Saul, Saul was the great warrior of Israel. If you read the Bible, um, the Bible says he was an impressive young man. He was a head taller than everyone else. Right? But now, he was too scared of this giant who was many heads taller than everyone else. Right? So previously, Saul was a great warrior, but now he was scared as well. So you know how some people, they seem very impressive, they seem to have it, have it all together? They don't. Everyone has to deal with giants in their lives no matter what. Okay? No matter how impressive or good they seem. And, and I want to tell you today that God is always the answer. It's a very simple fact, but God is always the answer. But the Israelites had lost sight of this. They had lost sight of God, and that's why they were scared. But David, David was different. Okay, look at verse 26. 
Verse 26, he says, who, okay, so you know, he says, okay, what's going to be done for this man who, who kills the Philistines and removes this disgrace from Israel? Okay, Goliath is a disgrace. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, instead of responding in fear, David got angry. He was indignant. He was like, what? Who is this guy trying to insult our army? Right? He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And when he calls Goliath uncircumcised, it, it's a term of contempt. Okay? It's, a, it's like an insult. Because circumcision represented the covenant relationship the children of God had with, uh, uh, the, children of, you know, the children of Israel had with God. He, they were his chosen people. Right? It represented being like, consecrated and pure. It represented belonging to God. And so he's saying, who is this clown... That's what he's saying, right? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this clown who's trying to insult God, creator of the universe, sovereign king of kings, powerful, great I am? Who is this joker? That's his response. Everybody else was like, oh my gosh, this guy's so big. He's so scary. David is like, who is this clown? Right? Because David had the right perspective. David knew and he understood the truth. And that's what set David apart from the rest. That's why David was able to go and fight while the rest cowered in fear. David knew the truth about God. The rest of the soldiers were, were scared when they saw how big and powerful Goliath was. But David's perspective was not about how big Goliath was, but about how big and powerful his God was. And how Goliath was nothing compared to our God. The soldiers focused on how big the giant was, but David focused on how big God was. So David knew and understood the truth. You know, a lot of us, we grew up in church. We've heard the story, right? We've heard the story so many times. And yet, when we encounter a Goliath in our lives, what is our response? We don't have the same kind of response as David, right? We don't have the same kind of um, response that, that David had when he fought Goliath, even though we have the same God. It's the same God, right? Who was backing David up. Same God that we have. Because we forget these simple truths that our God is bigger, our God is stronger, our God is greater, our God is more powerful than whatever it is that we face. The battle belongs to the Lord. You know, the Bible is full of um, verses about how we are meant to be victorious, how we're meant to be overcomers. Right? Romans 8.31, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.37, we've had this, ver uh, this verse for a word with friends, right? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 1 Corinthians, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as Christians, when we have God with us, we are meant to, we are meant to walk through life. We're meant to walk through life like that. We're meant to walk through life with victory, with overcoming. Right? We're meant to walk through life more than conquerors. We're meant to walk through life like a boss. And I'm not saying that we won't have hard times. I'm not saying that oh, everything will be great and, and smooth and, and great. I'm not saying that we will, we will have hard times, we will experience difficulties, we will face giants, but we are meant to overcome all this. Because the same power, we sing the song, right? Same power that conquered the grave lives in us. Same God that helped David fight the giant lives in us. And David said in verse 37, Okay, let's look at verse 37. David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. The Lord will deliver. Yes, you may have to fight some giants. Yes, you may face exams that you think you can't pass or you may have 
problems in your relationships with people. Yes, there will be things and situations that make you really scared and worried, but the Lord will deliver. The Lord will deliver. And if you know that, then you will be able to walk through life overcoming. Verse 47. David says, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. That is why he was able to fight. He says the battle belongs to the Lord. David was very clear about how and why he was going to win. He was very clear about how and why he was going to win. He knew that the power would come from God. His confidence came from God, not himself. Okay, He knew the Lord will deliver, the Lord will win this, the battle belongs to the Lord. So, my friends, today, this is not some inspirational pep, inspirational pep talk. You can do it, yeah, you can. It's not. You can't do it, that's the point. There's always going to be stuff you face in your life that you can't do on your own, that you can't handle, that will seem too big for you. Okay, and you look at verse 33. This is what Saul said. You are not able, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. That's what Saul says. That's Saul's perspective, right? No, you can't. You are only a boy. Goliath has been a fighting man from his youth. And actually what Saul says about David is true. It's true. He's only a boy. He probably can't, I mean, I mean, you know, you know I, was, I was like trying to do some research on how old exactly David was. And uh, the, the different, different people think different things. But um, most people think that he was between 15 to 17. A boy. He was still a boy. So it's true, right? I wouldn't say like, who's 15? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't send like Gabriel out to fight a war for like the country if a giant is coming towards us, right? You wouldn't send a, a 15-year-old or, or 17 who's 17. Jew? Oh, Jew's 18. Oh, wow, then Recently turned 18. Okay, I still wouldn't send Jew. Okay. Um, you, know, you know, what Saul says about David is true. He's only a boy, right? He can't fight Goliath. But Saul doesn't see what David sees, that it actually doesn't matter who goes out to fight. It doesn't matter who goes out to fight because the Lord is the one who will deliver. Actually, anybody in the Israelite army could have gone up and said, you know, I come against your name of the Lord and, and, and that's how I'm going to win this battle, right? But David was the only one who saw it. And you know, David didn't go up to Saul and say, hey, you know, I'm quite a good fighter. I've had all these experience with lions and bears and, and I'm, I'm quite strong and powerful, so send me. Right? I think I can take this guy. No, he didn't say that. He just said, hey, who's this clown insulting the, insulting the army of God? You know what? Don't worry, I'll go. Right? He didn't, say, he, didn't, he didn't put his confidence in himself. And in all that he says, if you read the whole chapter, in all that he says to both Saul and Goliath, he always keeps saying, the Lord will deliver. It was never, you know, yeah, I, I will try my best and I will do this. He just said, the Lord will deliver. Goliath has defied the armies of the living God, and so God will deliver. David tells Goliath, I come before you in the name of the Lord. That's what, you know, that's what we taught German to say. Because after all, we, you know, we read her the story so many times, so we decided to do like some fill in the blanks. So we will just read unto one part, and then she will say the rest of the sentence. So we will say, oh, and David says, I come before you in the name of the... And she'll say, Lord, right? Yeah, that's what he says. I come against you in the name of the Lord. The Lord will hand you over to me. The battle belongs to the Lord. So it's not, it's, it's not about your ability. It's not about your ability to handle stuff. It's just about God's power. So when you face your Goliaths, know that it is not about how good you are, but about the God who is with you. You know, 1 John 4.4 4 says, You, dear children, 
dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And very often, the devil, the one who is in the world, will come and put lies into your head. Right? He'll come and put lies into your head. He'll say, oh, you know, you keep failing your test. You're so dumb. You keep quarreling with parents. I bet they don't love you. Or like, oh, you, you keep quarreling with friends. I bet nobody loves you. No one responds to your Facebook posts, your Instagram posts. Nobody loves you. Right? And all these lies come into your, into your head. Oh, you have so many problems in your life. Might as well kill yourself. This is what the kind of things that the devil will put in your head. And you need to know that these are just lies from the evil one. That the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You belong to God, and therefore, you can overcome. You know, some of my students, when I, when I talk to them about just how they are in, in their lives, they, they, they like to use this phrase. They will like say, oh, my life is so screwed up. Right? They always say, oh, everything's so screwed up. Everything's screwed up. You know, my parents don't understand me. My parents are getting a divorce. My friends don't understand me. Everybody hates me. There's something like, they're backstabbing me, betraying me. Some CCA politics, or um, I, I don't know. I'm failing in school. The teachers are so horrible. I'm so stressed. I'm in trouble with the principal. Or I'm so fat. I'm so, it's, 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 you know, I, 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 I say this like it's a joke, but, but it's not, okay? But, you know, really, I, I, I hear a lot of this. You know, I'm so fat. I'm so ugly. Um, nobody loves me. You know, my boyfriend dumped me. My girlfriend dumped me. And, and, and when people tell me this, I always think like, yes, life is screwed up, actually. Life is pretty screwed up. Life can get re- really um, screwed up. It's true. But if only people knew and people understood the simple truths from the Bible, that God is the answer. And you know, I, I don't say this in a, like a simplistic way. There's a difference, right, between simplistic and simple. Little vocabulary lesson for you here. But, you know, it's not simplistic, but it's simple. It's a simple truth, but profound, right? That God is the answer. God is the answer. He's always the answer. The Lord will deliver. The battle belongs to the Lord. And, and I, I really, I, I, always, I always wish I could tell my students, you know, um, God is always with you. Why? How do I know? Because the Bible says so. Psalm 23 verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If only they knew, God loves you. John 3.16, and pretty much the whole Bible, God loves you. Right? If only they knew, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Jeremiah 29.11. If only people knew these truths, it would make a huge difference in their life. David knew and understood the truth. And, and young people, I really want to tell you this. I really want to tell you that the sooner you understand this, you really, really understand this, the truths about God and His love for you, His power and His victory, His plan for your life, the sooner you know and understand and apply these truths, the easier it will be for you to face whatever it is that you have to face in life. You know, you think, if you think your problems are great now, wait till you reach 30. Right? If you think your problems are great now, wait till you reach 30 or 50, or whatever. It just gets worse. No, it doesn't. No. But, you know, it, it, I, mean, I mean, if you think your problems are great now, it's, it's not going to magically um, get better one day. But you need to know the truth, that God is with you, and because of that, because of that, you can overcome whatever you, you need to. And the second thing that, that struck me about what gave David the victory that day, okay, is that the everyday battles prepared David for the big battle. Okay, the everyday battles prepared David for the big battle. Now, we all know that David was a great king of Israel, right? In the Old Testament, he's probably one of the greatest kings, right, of Israel. 
you know, he, he was not just like a boss. For a long time, he was the boss. He was really the boss, right? He was king. He was a really good king. He won many battles. He, he was a good fighter and, and all that. But how did he start off as? What was his first job? Yeah, he started off as a shepherd boy, right? He was watching sheep. Do you know how exciting that is? Can you imagine how exciting that is? Sheep are supposed to be one of the dumbest animals around. I'm serious. Like, you can't teach them tricks or, or, or anything. And that was what David was doing before he came out and fought a giant and became great king of Israel. In, in the previous uh, chapter of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 16, when God told the prophet Samuel that, um, you know, he says, okay, I'm going to uh, get you to anoint the next king of Israel, right? So he says, okay, go to, go to Jesse's house. You know, when, he, when Samuel went to Jesse's house, Jesse didn't even bother to call David, right? He, um, you know, Samuel was like, this one? God's like, no, this, no, no. And then Samuel had to ask, uh, do you have any other sons? And Jesse was like, yeah, this is just the youngest one, but he's tending the sheep. Right? They didn't even think about him. He wasn't even on the short list. Right? But he turned out to be um, the, the great king of Israel. It was this young sheep watcher right, whom God chose to be the king of Israel who would go on to fight the battles and, and do great things for God and all that. And, and you could see that this episode of fighting Goliath was kind of like David's debut right, as, as fighter. Right? He, it was his first fight out of many that he would win in the name of the Lord. But at this point, when he fought Goliath, he wasn't even officially a part of the army, right? His three, brother, his three brothers were, were a part of the army. He was just bringing food to them. He was like the coffee boy, right? Sheep watcher, bringing the food there, okay? He, he, was, he was not part of the army probably because he was too young, right? If you look at um, verse 15, uh, David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep. He was still tending sheep while this whole Goliath incident happened. And yet, I believe that it was probably his experiences, or a lot of his experiences as a shepherd, that taught him about God's deliverance and power, such that he was able to face Goliath. Okay, let's look at verse 37. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Because David had been trusting God, in seeing God's power in the small everyday things, he was able to trust God and depend on him for the big battle. Okay, so maybe fighting lions and bears are not really small everyday things for most of us. But you know, my point is that they were part of his everyday job. They were part of his everyday boring job of watching the sheep. Right? And he had to learn to trust God daily first with the regular stuff, the regular everyday stuff. Because he... he his faith grew from trusting God in his everyday task. And because he saw how God helped him daily in his daily things, he knew that God would likewise help him in the big things. And you know, maybe you don't struggle with things like suicidal thoughts and relationship issues, etc. You know, yeah, yeah, you're okay. You're in depression. You know, I mean, you're not in depression. But, but, but neither are you feeling... Right? Neither are you feeling like a boss. Maybe you just feel that you're just average. I'm just an average guy, girl, living an average life. I'm quite mediocre. I'm nothing great. And, and I want you to know that God has a great plan for your life. Not an average plan, but plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. And if you just keep walking in His ways every day, holding on to His truths, believing that He has a plan for you, you will see what great things God has in store for you. But it needs to be begin 
with trusting God in the small everyday things and following His Word in, in the regular things, the regular stuff that you do every day. Learn to depend on God for every single thing in your life, every small thing. Experience His power in every area of your life. Right? Your maths test, your whatever, some CCA thing. Learn to experience Him in the small everyday things and that will prepare you for the big things. You know, if you don't have faith and you don't claim promise, God's promises in the stuff that you do every day in school or at home, it will be very difficult for you to suddenly have faith and claim His promises um, when, if suddenly you're hit with some tragedy or some big problem. If you trust Him and rely on Him about the everyday lions and bears, then you will also be able to trust Him when you encounter the crazy giant. God has plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. And I don't know if, if sometimes you feel like, oh God, you say you have a great plan for my life, but you know, why am I still struggling with all these things? Why am I not famous yet? Why is nothing big and exciting coming my way? Why am I not like a YouTube star? Why am I not successful yet? Well, maybe because you're only 16 or 15 or, or however you are, however old you are. You know, just be faithful. Continue tending the sheep. It may be boring. Continue tending the sheep. Continue doing the regular stuff. Read your Bible, come to church, do your Bible study, pray, you know, serve in church, and eventually God will lead you to fulfill your destiny. David became a great king, right, eventually. But as a young person, he wasn't like sitting around waiting for his big break. Right? He wasn't like, yeah, I believe that God's going to call me to be the king. I'm just going to sit here and wait. No, he was just like watching sheep. Right? When Samuel came to anoint him as the next king, he was watching sheep. When his father, uh, 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 you know, when the Israelite army was faced with Goliath, David was still watching sheep. He only got to saw Goliath because he was doing the, the simple task of taking food to his brothers. He wasn't part of the army. He was just doing what he had to do doing his normal, mundane, everyday task, when all these moments leading to his destiny as the king of Israel occurred. He was just doing his normal stuff. You know, a lot of uh, young people say, I have no reason to live. My life is screwed up and I have no reason to live. Or like, what is the reason for living anyway? What do I live for? And I can tell you the answer is very, is very easy. The purpose of each of our lives is simple, is to glorify God. That's the answer. The purpose of life is to glorify God. If you look at, um, I think I have the verse up there. Ephesians, yeah, chapter 1. Okay, this is from Message Bible, okay? It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, He's working out in everything and everyone. In, in the NRV, it says, In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we might be for the praise of his glory. That's our purpose in life. It's like what, what, what David says you know, in verse 47. Uh, he says, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. That's, that's the reason why he went out to fight, so that everybody will know that victory is the Lord's. Everybody will know that the Lord saves. Our purpose in life, in life is to show the world that God saves, that God is awesome. That is our purpose in life. Our purpose is to glorify God. And I think that if people understood that and just worked on doing that, things will become a lot less complicated in life. And actually, that's, that's, okay. actually, that's probably like another sermon altogether about purpose and destiny and all that. But my point today is that the everyday battles will prepare you for the big battles, for your greater destiny in life.
you know when I was your age, not too long ago, I I never ever thought that one day I would be like in charge of the youth ministry. I never thought that. I never thought that one day I would be a part of the diaconate in church. I mean, I'm such like, I mean, some of you know me, right? I'm such a crappy noob. Like my ringtone is One Direction, you know. And yeah, I'm 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 31 years old, and my ringtone is One Direction. I know, right? So cool. Yeah, when I was your age, when I was your age, I never thought that one day I would become the wife of the most handsome guy in the world. Or the mother of the two cutest girls in the world. But I am. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I never thought that I would preach. I never thought that I would preach. I didn't go to Bible school like TNE, right? I don't, I don't have any... I don't have any training. Every time I'm supposed to preach, I just completely freak out the week before and wonder what in the world I'm doing. True story. But, but I guess that at this point, this is God's plan for me. And I believe that I've had a pretty good foundation just from growing up in church and just from um, you know, being rooted in the house of God, being rooted in the word of God, just gradually you know, getting to know him, just, just doing the regular stuff, learning to trust him, for small stuff, learning to um, um, apply his word for small stuff. And that's a lot of that prepared me for what I have to do today, you know, juggling work and ministry and kids. And it's going to be the same for you. It's going to be the same for you. God has a great destiny for your life, but you need to start getting the small things right. You need to start trusting him, believing him, applying his word in the small things. The everyday battles will prepare you for the great battle. The everyday things will prepare you for the great things. If you want to do great things for God, start by doing small things for God. Start by being faithful in the small things. Be faithful in your role as a student. Be faithful in your role as a, as a, as a child to your parents. Be faithful in the everyday things. Honor Him in the everyday things and that will lead you to your destiny. It will lead you to the great plan that God has, your life, has for your life. And now, here's my last point, okay? Which is really a very simple point. David didn't try to be someone else. Do you ever try to be someone else? When I was younger, I used to always imagine myself as, as um, someone else. Okay, for example, um, once I went on, on a mission trip to Philippines, right? And it was monsoon season. So everywhere, um, we had to walk through flooded areas. Like, you know, I mean, recently in Singapore, we've had floods as well, right? Like, horrible, okay? And because... I'm uh, not very tall, right? So, so people, other people, like the rest of my team, they're like walking through and the water is needy. Like for me, it's like up to here because I'm like not very tall. And so, so I'm walking through this, this muddy water and, and no flat water is gross. Have you seen it? It's like brown and, and like full of stuff that you don't want to know what, I mean, don't, you don't want to know what stuff it is, right? And you know, I'm, I'm a kunyang, okay? Like I, I hate being dirty and I, I don't like to rough it out. Like no thank you. Right? So, so that for me was like, ugh. So I survived by imagining myself as Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. <laughs> Do you know who Lara Croft is? Do you know who Lara Croft is? She's, it's, like, it's from this video game. She's like this cool fighter chick. It's like jungle trained and rugged and with the guns and, 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 and you know, she fights all the bad guys. That's how I survived. Okay? I thought, I'm Lara Croft. I'm Lara Croft. Right? Okay, yeah. So I'm sure... I'm, okay, let, let me just change the picture. Oh, okay, change the picture. So I'm sure we all imagine ourselves as other cooler um, people at, at some time, right? Yes? Or is it just me? You mean you all don't imagine yourselves as Lara Croft? 
Okay, now Heidi's like... Okay, okay. But, but you know, I think that part of David's victory is that he knew he couldn't and he shouldn't just try to be someone else. King Saul offered David his armor, right? He, he, uh, the Bible says he offered him his own tunic, his own clothes, okay? Um, he, king Saul, I mean, the, the king offers David his armor, but David rejected it, right? Look, it's the king. Can you imagine like, like Lee Sien Long says, hey, I want to wear my tie or something. I don't know what, right? And, he's, and, 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 and David's like, nah, I think I'll just go and pick some stones. Like a boss, right? Well, actually, what he said was, oh, I cannot go in these because I am not used to them. Right? And actually, actually it was quite, it's, it's a practical reason. He wasn't used to the armor. Okay? I, I'm obviously not a fighter, but I'm guessing it's, it's very difficult to fight uh, when you're in something that you find uncomfortable. Right? You know, the, the children's Bibles, they, they always show this part like, like this. Right? It's always some like, ridiculous uh, looking boy wearing armor that's too big for him. Right? David, didn't win the, David didn't win the battle because he had some special kingly armor. Because he was wearing some special kingly armor. But, you know what? Neither did he win it because of the stones. Right? Obviously. It wasn't some special stones. They were just from the river. Just picked them up from the river. And it, he didn't have some groundbreaking special army strategy. Right? He just he took the stone and threw it. That's it. Right? He didn't win because he had special armor, or special weapon, or special strategy. He won simply because the Lord was with him. That's it. No complicated stuff. He won because the Lord was with him. David won because he knew that God was enough. It didn't matter that he was not an official soldier, right? Drafted into the army. It didn't matter that Goliath was freakishly huge. It didn't matter that he had no um, cool armor, like, like Goliath you know, had the heavy armor and all that. He didn't have any armor or weapon because he knew that God was enough. Let's look at verse 45. David said, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. There were like three verses at the start, right, about, David's, uh, sorry, about Goliath's wonderful armor. You come before me, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you, and this is his weapon, in the name of the Lord. That's his weapon. The name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you had defied. That was the winning strategy. That was the best weapon. I come against you in the name of the Lord. And I think the same applies for our lives. You know, in order to face the giants, the difficult situations, the problems, we don't need a lot of money. We don't need, um, you know, to always do well in school. We don't need, like, popularity. We, don't, we, we just need God. That's it. That's the best weapon. That's the best strategy, the answer. We just need God. You know, a lot of times I know, I know that um, young people think, oh, if only I had like, rich parents, everything would be better. Or if only I had a boyfriend. Or, or if only I was super smart and I didn't need to study so hard. My life would be so much better. No. God is enough. It's enough. God is more than enough. Everyone faces crap in their lives. Everyone. Everyone has problems to deal with. But I, I was reading somewhere this week that being a Christian doesn't mean that we are storm-free. We don't have storms but we are storm-proof, right? We're not storm-free. We'll still have all the difficulties, but we are storm-proof because God is with us. He will deliver you because the battle belongs to the Lord. And so my last point here is really just a very simple point. Don't try to be someone else because God with you, having God with you is enough. 
We don't need to be someone else. We don't need to be you know, cooler or better or, or bigger. All we need is God. I'm going to conclude soon. Okay, musicians, I'm going to get you up. Please. Today, I want you to think about, um, I want you to just think about what, what, what I've shared and just about this whole story of, of David and Goliath. I've know, I, I know you've heard this story like hundreds of times, right? But it's not just a story. It's there in the Bible to, to show us and remind us of the truth. There's a reason why it's in the Bible. Not just because it's a cute story. That when we are faced with stuff we can't handle, God is with us. Just as he was with David, and because he is with us, we can be victorious because the battle belongs to the Lord. I believe that the story is there to remind us that God is enough for whatever we may face, however freakishly huge the problem or situation may be. And you know, all these things that you read in the Bible, all these stories, they need to move from being cliches that you just hear in church, from being just stories that you hear in church, to truths that you apply in your lives daily. They need to move. And, and, and I know that probably nothing that I've said today is groundbreaking, or, or like, oh, I've never thought of that before. right? But, but until you start applying these truths in your lives, you will always be struggling. Okay, and so, so today I want you to think, will you be like David, who didn't fear in the face of a giant because he knew the truth that God is with him? Or will you be like the other soldiers, who day after day, the, Lord says, the, the Bible says for 40 days, they just sat there and they did nothing. They just ran away every time they saw Goliath. They just remained in their fear and dread of the, of the giant. Who are you going to be? Are you going to be like David? who was able to face Goliath because he knew the truth? Or will you be like the soldiers who day after day, year after year, you know, every year you have exams, right? Every year, is it, you know, every time you have exams, you're like, oh, and then your spiritual life drops, and then, and then like, oh, this sucks. Are you going to be like David, overcomer? Or will you be like the soldiers? 40 days, they just sat there and they did nothing. They just remained in their fear, continued in their fear. As we, as we, we're going to get the band to, to play something and just have a short time of worship. And, and, and if today there is stuff or the, the situations that you are struggling with, if, if there are Goliaths that you face in your life, but you want to make the decision to say, God, you know what? I don't want to muck around anymore struggling through life not knowing your power. I want to trust in you and have faith that in all the trials and difficulties I go through, the battle belongs to the Lord. If you're going through difficult times, but you want to apply and experience the truth in the Bible, that you are more than a conqueror, that you have victory in Christ, I want you to respond today and we'll just pray for you. You, know, you will always face difficulties. You will always face something in your life that you cannot handle. Even now, I'm 31 years old. I know, I don't look it right. <laughs> Even now, right? I, I face things that, that, that I can't handle. I don't know how to handle. But it gets easier because I know that God has brought me through this and this and this. God has brought me through stuff when I was 15. God has brought me through stuff when I was 18. God has brought me through stuff last year. And so I know that there will be, there will be difficulties, but God is with you. God in the battle belongs to the Lord. 
And it has to be a truth, you know. You know, I, I just I cannot emphasize this enough that it has to be a truth that you apply in your life, not just a story. We've heard the story so many times, right? We all know the story. But until you start applying the truth in your life, it will just be a story, like any other story that you read. And maybe today, even if you're not struggling with anything in particular at the moment, but you say, yes, God, I want to know and apply and claim these truths in my life daily, that you are always with me, that in you I can overcome, that you have a great plan for my life, not an average plan or a mediocre plan, that you have a great plan for my life. I want you to respond as well. So let's just rise. And, and as we worship, I just want you to think about um, what has been shared today. I just want you to think about your own life. Okay? Are you like an overcomer? Are you, are you, you know, are you walking through life like a boss? Or are you just always in fear and dread and like, oh, this sucks, my life is screwed up? And because you shouldn't. You shouldn't be. When we have God, we shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to struggle like this. When we have God, we shouldn't have to to, to feel this way. We shouldn't have to feel defeated. We should be able to just be like David and go up to Goliath and say, Hey, you know what? I come against you in the name of the Lord. Who is this clown trying to insult God? What is this problem trying to get me down? Like what I said, it's, it's, not a, it's not an inspirational talk. You know, It's not a you-can-do-it-believe-in-yourself kind of talk. No, believe in God. Not in yourself. You will always fail. You're not good enough. It's true. You won't be able to handle a lot of things. But when God is with you, that's the answer. I'm just going to worship and, 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 I, and I hope the message has spoken to you. And if there's something that you want to respond to, I just want to encourage you to come up to the front. Just do your transaction with God.
friends of mine, the God of Israel armies, is always by my side. I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind, the God of Israel armies, is always by my side. No one who lives forever, he is a friend of mine, the God of Israel armies. Is always by my side, and nothing from the gates you shall stand. You know the whole world and your hands. I'm holding on to your promises. You are faithful, you are faithful, and nothing falls against me shall stand. You hold the whole world in your hands. I'm holding on to your promises, and you are faithful. You are faithful, you are faithful. I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever. He is a friend of mine, the God of angel armies, is always by my side. The altar is open, and, and the last thing I want to say is, you know, don't be content with struggling through life. Don't be content with just, um, you know, getting by and surviving every year, every day. Don't be content with that, because God has so much more in store for you. God has designed you to be a conqueror more than a conqueror god has 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 plans for you to prosper god has plans to give you hope and a future and if that's what you want you want to experience god's victory you want to experience his power his overcoming i want you to just respond to god today don't be content with just struggling through life that's not god's plan for you it's not god's plan for anybody to feel so desperate that they want to kill themselves it's not god's plan for you so don't be content with struggling. The altar is open. I'm going to get the leaders to come up and pray. And, and, and I just want you to respond to God if, if that's something that He's speaking to you about today.
Turn to God with a voice of triumph. Turn to God with a voice of praise. Turn to God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Turn to God with a voice of triumph. Turn to God with a voice of praise. Turn to God with a voice of Yeah, people will be at least to be like response. 